Welcome to another podcast from Generations Church. We trust you will be encouraged today. Well, Merry Christmas. So glad that you came and joined us. I've been uh, thinking about this message for a few weeks now. With all of the talk that's going on politically and social media uh, worldwide, there's uh, this stage set for something called the Great Reset. And uh, I, I would imagine most of you have heard about this if you're following any kind of uh, social media. You might not hear about it too much in the mainstream. Uh, for those of us who have read the end of the Bible, uh, the, the, the concept of globalization and the unification of world governments, these are not new concepts to, uh, to followers of Jesus. Uh, as we've, uh, we've been of the understanding that these things would eventually happen. And, and I'm not going to say tonight whether or not these are end times or anything like that. But I, uh, I have laughed at the language that uh, our government in Canada is setting itself up, setting us up for something they're calling the Great Reset. And I find that ironic because um, as far as I can tell, a Great Reset has already happened. It was about 2,000 years ago when Jesus came, Emmanuel, God with us, God made himself into the image of man, came in the flesh, and absolutely pressed the reset button on the history, the present, and the future of mankind. I want to start, uh, because of the season we're in tonight, by reading with you Luke chapter 2, verses 1 to 20. And probably most of you have memorized this or have most of it committed to memory. Lots of the kids I know probably could almost word for word say this with me. So if you'd like to, I would, I'd love to hear you uh, speaking along as we read these precious verses. Luke chapter 2, it says, Now in those days a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that a census be taken of all the inhabited earth. This was the first census taken while Quirinius was governor of Syria, and everyone was on his way to register for the census, each to his own city. Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the city of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and family of David, in order to register along with Mary, who was engaged to him and was with child. While they were there, the days were completed for her to give birth, and she gave birth to her firstborn son, and she wrapped him in cloths and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. In the same region, there were some shepherds staying out in the fields and keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord suddenly stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terribly frightened. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all the people. For today in the city of David there has born for you a Savior who is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find the baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there appeared with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praying God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among men with whom he is pleased. When the angels had gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds began saying to one another, Let us go straight to Bethlehem then and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. So they came in a hurry and found their way to Mary and Joseph and the baby as he lay in the manger. 
When they had seen this, they made known the statement which had been told them about this child. And all who heard it wondered at the things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary treasured all these things, pondering them in her heart. The shepherds went back, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen, just as been told them. I still love the story of Jesus' birth. Luke chapter 2 is, uh, is burned into my mind. It's burned into my reality. Uh, I honestly could, could, without really thinking about it, drift through these verses and, uh, and recite them with near perfection, I'm sure. Because for the 42 Christmases that I've been on the earth, I'm pretty sure uh, these verses have been read in my hearing. And even when I can't recall it, I'm pretty sure my mom or my dad or one of my grandparents would have read this story. And it still gives me a shiver. It still gives me a little tingle in my neck. You know, the hair stands up when I think about what it might have been like to be those shepherds and have the, the host of heaven descend upon me and tell me this amazing story about this miracle child. I, 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 start to, I start to tremble, and I, and I wonder how I would have held up. And, and it's not hard for me to imagine this scenario. It's not hard for me to imagine these angels making this declaration. And then I move in my mind to that moment of walking in and laying my eyes on this baby before he was even named Jesus officially. You see, he wasn't named Jesus till eight days old. But to see him... And to be among the very first to come and worship him. You know, even though I wasn't alive then and am now, I still count it among the greatest honors and privileges in my life to be able to worship Jesus today. He is still just as worthy as he ever was of my praise and yours. And he's worthy of so much more. <clears throat> I called the message tonight The Great Reset um, because, as I mentioned before, you've been hearing about it in the news. You've been hearing about it in the media. And I want you to know something. The reset that you are hearing about today in our world is simply a counterfeit of what God has already done. It's a counterfeit, and it's a counterfeit made or put into play by something the Bible calls the spirit of Antichrist. And if you'll hear me out, I'd like, to, I'd like to make this simple for you tonight. I'd like to make this really plain. I'd like for you to understand why I'm saying it's a counterfeit. You see, the secular human nature would say that if we redistribute wealth and if we redistribute opportunity and if we, re we redistribute fairness to everyone, uh, then that will be our salvation, that will be hope for people. That will be goodness for people. That will be right and just for people. The reality is, is whenever we've seen this attempted and played out, when human beings are involved, it has turned into horror. It's turned into terrible things. It's, it's turned into brokenness and desperation and hopelessness. Why? Well, it's because the carnal man, the, the secular human nature, frankly, it'll always chase the money and the power. And so what we see happening today and what we see being set up today, I'm going to call it the great counterfeit of our day because the great reset already happened. The reset that happened happened 2,000 years ago when Emmanuel, the King of Kings, appeared as a baby in the flesh, grew up and walked this earth in human clothing, leading a perfect and sinless life. 
then taking that perfect life and allow it to be nailed to a cross, allowed it to be taken from him so that our sin could be paid for and then he could take it up again. This hope that we sing of in our carols and in our songs of worship in churches, what we celebrate with lights and candles and our gatherings is because of God's plan for this world. His great reset that happened when Jesus arrived, all made possible in the reality of God with us. Luke 4, 18-21 says this, and it's Jesus speaking. He went to his hometown, Nazareth, which, just so you know, maybe was a lot like Grand Prairie. Kind of blue-collar, redneck, uh, you know, more donkeys than camels kind of a town. More pickups than cars, you know, that kind of a town. Uh, if they had welders, it would have been a welders, shepherd, rancher kind of town. It was, well, it was probably dusty and redneck and hick and those kinds of things. Jesus walks into the, the temple in his hometown and he picks up the scroll of Isaiah. And he opens it to this spot in Isaiah and then he reads these words in Luke chapter 4. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set free those who are oppressed, to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord. And he closed the book and gave it back to the attendant and sat down, and the eyes of all in the synagogue were fixed on him, and he began to say to them, Today this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. You see, the gospel, the release of spiritual captives, those who are blinded by and oppressed of the devil, can now walk in favor with God. This was something that was impossible before Jesus came, but in the coming of Jesus, in his arrival, his life, his death, his resurrection and ascension, the old system of the law of sin and death was replaced by what the Bible calls the law of liberty. And I'm drawn to these words in Luke chapter 4. Their eyes were fixed on him. And I can't help but think that when the shepherds came in to see Jesus, their eyes were fixed on him. Mary and Joseph, as Mary nursed Jesus, as Joseph surely tickled around his, his little lips and cheeks and played with his finger in the mouth of baby Jesus, his eyes were fixed on him. As Jesus walked through his earthly life, his eyes, people's eyes were fixed on him. As, as he was nailed to the cross, many gazed up. Their eyes were fixed on him. And no doubt when Jesus rose from the dead and walked out of that tomb and first met Mary and then some of the disciples, no doubt their eyes were fixed on him. And I want to ask you the question today, where is it that you're going to fix your eyes? You know, getting together with family is nice, but Christmas is so much more than getting together. I'm actually quite disappointed when I hear so many people arguing or crying out to the government saying, it's wrong, you, it's wrong for you to keep us away from family on Christmas. I'm not against family gathering. I believe in it very much. But I believe, like all who follow Jesus should believe, that Christmas is not simply an opportunity to gather and exchange gifts with family and friends, but it's an opportunity to gather and to worship Jesus. Christmas is about the worship of Jesus, and the gathering is a part of that worship 
of Jesus. Fix your eyes on him. Fix your eyes on Jesus. I want to sell you on this reality of a great reset that already happened. And I want you to know in your soul as we go into this new year that the great reset that they are planning right now doesn't hold a candle to what God has already done for us. Here's what it says in the book of Galatians chapter 5 and verse 1. It was for freedom that Christ set us free, so stand firm and don't become subjected again to a yoke of slavery. Does that not sound like a great, a great reset to you? I was a slave. Now I'm free. God says don't become a slave again. Why? Because there was a reset. Romans 8 verse 2 says, The law of the spirit of life in Christ has set us free from the law of sin and death. That sounds like a great reset to me. I'm not under a law of sin and death, but in Christ I am in a law of life. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, If anyone is in Christ, they are a new creation. Old things have passed away, and all things, somebody say all things, all things have become new. That sounds like a great reset to me. And not just great in big, but great in the fact that it is amazing and life-changing. The God of this world would have you believe that a financial and social reset will make things better. That if we disperse opportunity, if we disperse wealth, if we equalize everything, then justice will reign. But that's a counterfeit of the truth. The truth is, is that when Jesus came, he made all things equal between men in their standing with God. You see, wherever man is involved, the great reset is going to go wrong. Because if you redistribute the wealth, those who are cunning, those who are smarter than, and even those who are wise will be able to gather the wealth back up in mere moments. Introduce yourself to a really good businessman and you'll understand how that works. Witness a fool buying big screen TVs. You'll understand how that works. See, when we do it, we're not going to get it right. And anything, therefore, that we do is simply a counterfeit of what God has already done, what God has already created. And that is the greatest news of Christmas. Galatians 3, 28 and 29 says this. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free man. There is neither male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's descendants, heirs, according to the promise. Guys, the great reset happened. And the beauty of it is this, is you and I can walk in the reality of that reset every single day of our lives if we belong to Christ. The Bible speaks in so many times and places about what Jesus has done for us. We could be here all night long and miss opening presents, even tomorrow morning, talking about and understanding the scriptures that explain how Jesus came and reset the whole stage for human beings to be made right with God. But it is the truth. The great reset already happened. And the one that is being performed in the world we see today is absolutely a counterfeit of what God has already done for us. And we ought to talk about it. We ought to preach it. We ought to share the gospel, the good news of Jesus, that he has already reset the table. He has already made us all on equal footing, regardless of where we come from. We all enter through the same gate, who is Jesus. 
Billy Graham is not a greater man in heaven than any of you. Because of Jesus' great reset. Billy Graham did what Jesus wanted him to do. And you and I need to do what Jesus wanted us to do in our individual lives. And there is no greater thing than to be who Jesus has called you to be according to his word and his counsel in the Holy Spirit. What Jesus has done for us and what he's still doing for us and what he is going to do for our future is amazing beyond all comparison. I know that 2020 has been a troubling year for many of us. Some of us are rolling our eyes. Some of us are justifiably angry. Some of us are afraid. All of those things are normal emotions to have as human beings. But I want to reassure you with this truth. If you belong to him, it doesn't really matter. If you belong to him, you are treasured, and you are so very special and so very loved. Did you know that your name is actually written? The Bible says your name is written on his hands. He has inscribed your name on his hands. You are ever before him. I often picture Jesus, the Bible says that Jesus is making intercession for us. And I don't know if you've seen someone intercede before praying in church, but it often just looks like this. Eyes closed, praying, maybe with an outstretched hand. And I see Jesus standing there making intercession for us. And what is before the Father in Jesus' open hand? As he intercedes for you, well, it's your name. Your name is ever before God because of Jesus. That's a good reset. That's a good reset. He has ordained every single day of your life. He holds it in his hand. And in all things, all the time, he is good. I want to say Merry Christmas to you from all of us here at Generations Church and a very extra special Merry Christmas from Amy and I and our family. We're so blessed by your generosity as a church family towards us. We want to say thanks for the generous and gracious love offering that you presented us with. It's certainly appreciated and in this season needed. (laughs) And uh, more than that, though, we're so thankful for your prayers And even, honestly, more thankful than your prayers for us, I think we're thankful for your involvement in this church family. We're thankful for your presence. We're thankful for the community you bring. We're thankful for the gifts that you possess, given to you by God, that are being used in the body of Christ to impact our city. And so we love you all very, very much. And we want to wish you a Merry Christmas. And I'll save the Happy New Year till closer to the New Year. But tonight, Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas. Thank you for joining us in another podcast from Generations Church. If you enjoyed listening today, please subscribe to our podcast channel to get a new one each week. For additional information or to partner with us, please check out our website at www.genchurch.ca.